This is episode 13 of season 2, Trash Talking with Eco Warriors, featuring Sandra Ann Harris from Eco Lunchbox. You're tuning in to Trash Talking with Eco Warriors, where women share inspiring stories about their careers in green business, sustainability, and conservation. Here's your host and founder of Trashy Beauty, Barbara Lee. Remember being a kid and having your parents pack you a lunchbox? There'd be something in there like a sandwich or in my case, rice and pickled vegetables because let's face it, I grew up in Hawaii. My favorite thing about these packed lunches was not only were they made with love, but they were eco-friendly. Packing your meals in reusable containers rather than ordering takeout and disposable single-use plastic is a great way to help reduce your impact on the planet. But some containers are so poor in quality, it's hard to feel safe about transporting oily foods or spillable soups. Or what about BPAs leaching into your food? And what if you're like me and just trying to avoid plastic altogether? Enter Eco Lunchbox, a plastic-free alternative to your green meals on the go. I first got to know Sandra when I was working as a blogger for a subscription gift box company that included her blue water bentos in one of their boxes. I was obsessed. I had seen her blue water bentos when I was backpacking New Zealand when one of our guides had packed a sushi in one of them and touted their waterproof capabilities. I am so inspired by Sandra's story and the business that she's been able to grow. Eco lunchboxes have been launched in stores like Target, and she uses small producers in India to make her product. I've been working to get Sandra and her story on this podcast for years, so I'm so excited to be able to share it with you here today. Let's get trash talking. Well, welcome to Trash Talking. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, so tell us more about you, what it is that you do, and kind of how you got there. Well, I'm what I would call an accidental entrepreneur. I never really set out to be a CEO in consumer products. I was always a change maker for about 15 years, I was an investigative journalist reporting on stories from the ground up and then framing them with policy and trying to get people to think and act differently around issues. And then I went on to be a humanitarian aid worker in Vietnam. My husband is Vietnamese and had come to the United States in 1975 as a refugee. And I went back to Vietnam as a journalist, and we met an amazing organization that was doing NGO work in Da Nang and then went back there to live. And so I've had a lot of experience over the years in change making. And so when this plastic pollution issue hit my radar back in about 2003, I was trying to think about how to approach it. Should I approach it from a journalistic policy perspective? Should I approach it from an NGO activist perspective? Or maybe I thought, I could approach it as a company, as a for-profit company, bringing to market products that are plastic-free and empowering people to reduce their dependence on plastic. That's kind of how I landed (laughs) as a a CEO at Eco Lunchbox and have brought to market this line of products. Yeah, no, well, that's amazing. I remember last time when we were chatting about this, you were talking about how you were just launching into Target. Oh my gosh, that was such an adventure. I have been asking for Target for like literally years and I do still (laughs) see opportunities for Eco Lunchbox in the big box space. And we actually sold really well and got a bunch of reorders, but 
Working with Target for a small independently owned business like Eco Lunchbox is high risk, low reward, and we had to exit, unfortunately. We haven't taken any outside funding, so we just, we really wanted to stay true to our plastic free values, and so that means when these big deal opportunities come along, we have to think long and hard about whether or not it's going to do good things for the foundation, financial foundation of our business. And I was like, oh, no, that's too, too scary. But it was super yeah. fun while it lasted. I mean, that's awesome that you're speaking so openly about it. Like, I definitely know that there's several companies that we've spoken to that are also, like, small businesses, and they can't keep up with the demand of, like, actually being in a brick-and-mortar store like Whole Foods or Target or anywhere else. Yeah, well, we had the production capability and the back end to support it. But the thing about Target is they're not really looking to partner with small businesses. They're just looking for commodities to feed the commercial machine of sales, you know, that they have developed. And so the communication isn't always the best and the expectations aren't always clear. So I think for small entrepreneurs and independently owned businesses, it's best to proceed with with caution. I still would like to see our products on the shelves of Target stores everywhere, as well as big box groceries. There is no reason why on that aisle where we currently see a plastic container like Glad, which is owned by Clorox, or the Ziploc container line, which is owned by SC Johnson, that right next to that, there shouldn't be an eco lunchbox, plastic-free, lightweight, non-breakable stainless steel container, either with a stainless steel lid, because we have a collection called the Eco Lunchbox Classic line that they all have stainless steel lids, or with a no-leak, plastic-free, a non-tucon lid, which gives that functionality. And then, of course, there's the Pyrex, the glass, which a lot of people like, but they all have plastic lids, they're very heavy and they're breakable. So I still have my eyes set on those shelves, but the opportunity came a little bit too early for us to develop it, unfortunately. But it was so exciting, and the Target shoppers loved what we were up to and just gobbled it up. Yeah, I mean, I'm obsessed with the blue water bentle, so I totally get that. Let's talk about how you actually produce these materials and these bentos and, like, where those materials are coming from, because you have a really strong focus on making sure that, like, your production from start to finish is very friendly to the environment and also to the people who are working on your product. Can you talk to us a little bit more about that? Yeah, thanks for this question about why we're choosing containers made from steel and silicon instead of another material. Well, back in 2003, when my son first started preschool and I was packing lunches three days a week for him. I had gone back to work part-time. I started to realize how much plastic was being created in his preschool. When I would go to pick him up, there would just be huge garbage bins overflowing with plastic waste, like the yogurt squeezy tubes. I don't see those around too much anymore, thankfully, or the cheese sticks wrapped in plastic or the little applesauce tubs with the peeled back tin foil top. Pretty much moms would just grab from their pantry like three or four things, and they would just shove them in a bag and send them off to school. That was like the quickest, easiest way for them to pack lunch. Well, you can imagine on the back end what that looks like. It's just horrendous. And pretty soon the preschool director said, 
you know, this was back in 2003, like people weren't even really all that mindful at that point Mm -hmm. in California. And this is like right next to Berkeley, you know, where people tend to be sort of on the cutting edge of eco. And she said, yeah, we're we're not, we're a zero waste preschool. We're not going to be accepting any of that waste. And I talked to her about it and she's like, I just can't afford the garbage bills. (laughs) And I'm like, I get it. So that was kind of one impetus for me to start thinking about packing in reusable containers. And so I went out and I started to look around. I hadn't been enlightened in the ways of zero-waste, plastic-free lunch packing yet. I was pretty rusty at lunch packing. I hadn't packed my own lunch since I was probably in high school. So I was pretty rusty when it came to lunch packing. And I wasn't sure what containers that I would use to replace the throwaways that were so popular at that time. And so I went out to the marketplace and I started to what reusable containers my son might be able to use and I could pack small quantities of food. And I found some Tupperware containers, but the lids were exceedingly tight for little hands and he could not get them open or closed. And he was a shy little guy and he didn't want to ask for help either. So it was super sad. I would like pack up a bunch of stuff in these plastic containers and send them off to school and it would all come back with his clean canteen water bottle because we'd already tuned in to the fact that plastic was leaching into water, into the uh, packaged water that was sold as well as from reusable water bottle containers that people use to store their water. And so I thought, you know, what I'd really like is if I could find a plastic-free, easy-to-open-and-close, stainless steel food container for my son that would be non-toxic, highly recyclable, wouldn't be petroleum-based, wouldn't that be great? And so that was the seed of the idea. And so the materials (laughs) that you chose were stainless steel and silicone. Right. So when I first started the line, I was doing stainless steel containers with stainless steel lids. No gaskets, nothing. And our very first product that we came to market with, and this was a few years later uh, because I had a younger child that was then born, um, and I waited for her to start in kindergarten. So several years later when I had the bandwidth as a young mom to start the company in 2008, we came to market with the Eco Lunchbox 3-in-1. So it was a three-piece set with a downstairs compartment that would hold a small sandwich, an upstairs compartment with a little snack container that nests inside and could be used either separately or nested. So upstairs, a dry snack could be packed like, you know, pretzels with wet apple slices in a little pod. Because typically I found that I always wanted to pack three things for my son, something wet, something dry, and an entree. And so we launched with the Eco Lunchbox 3-in-1. And if you Google Eco Lunchbox 3-in-1, you'll see um, that you can find the Eco Lunchbox version. And there have been about 20 other people who are now piggybacking on our success and have copied the product, I guess. What do they say, the expression, like, imitation Uh, is the highest form of flattery? Yeah. (laughs) People are like, why don't you patent that? how do you patent a lunchbox? I mean, that's just so silly. So we sold that for a while, and then we added other configurations, a larger rectangle, a square, a round with three layers, and had a lot of success with that. But I kept hearing from my customers, Sandra, I love that your containers are plastic 
free, dishwasher safe, corrosion resistant, non-breakable, you know, they'd go on and on, but it's really like something that wouldn't leak. And I was like, hmm. So I had to put on my thinking cap. And that was, that was the beginning of how I was inspired to come up with the Blue Water Bento mine. Which are so fantastic. They're like super fun and colorful and they like truly are a leak proof because I've eaten soup out of one of them. Oh, I, lo- I love to hear that. Yeah, the way that we test them is that we actually put water in them and then we shake them upside down and all around and they don't leak at all. So as far as I know, we're the only company that has come up with this innovative solution of topping stainless steel containers with silicon lids for a completely no plastic food container solution. And it's been working out really well. I mean, not only is silicon not a petroleum-based product, and we have a ton of information on our website about why we selected silicon and how we came to that process and why we believe that it's more ocean-friendly and human-friendly than plastic in all ways. I have spreadsheets and all sorts of information on our website about this. The other nice thing is that it's completely dishwasher safe because it tolerates high heat of a commercial dishwasher. Whereas if you look at, oh, for example, some of your glass containers that have plastic lids or other lunch containers on the market that are made from plastic, if you look at the care instructions, you will see that they are not designed even to be washed at home in a dishwasher because the heat compromises the plastic material and makes them more prone to leaching. They either have some kind of bisphenol. I mean, most of the containers now are labeled BPA-free. I'm guessing you've seen that. I I don't know what you have thought about the BPA-free, whether you have thought, and I can't help but make a joke, that you're home-free with the BPA-free. But what a lot of people don't know is that they have taken out the BPA in order to satisfy consumers' desire to avoid BPA, they have unfortunately added in other bisphenols such as BPS, and they're not that creative with their naming of these bisphenols. The S stands for substitute. What we have learned from people who are studying the material is that the bisphenol S, um, which isn't commonly known by consumers and isn't tested for and isn't labeled for has a component than uh, BPA. So people have kind of jumped from the frying pan into the fire. Oh, gosh. That's terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I, I, I laugh. It's not funny at all, but it's so hard as a consumer to stay one step ahead of what's going on when it comes to mass consumer products like plastic, the manufacturers are very clever and they're changing all of the time their formulations. It's impossible to know what they're using in their plastics formulations. And that was one of the reasons I started these lunchboxes that before I came to market with this line of stainless steel plastic-free containers, I did a huge amount of research a better plastic container was my first idea, but the deeper I got into the research, I realized that there was no safe plastic, and I needed to just steer away entirely from that material. So are you guys still producing out of India, or like where's your where are your materials coming from now? 
Well, I started our Eco Lunchbox 3-in-1 with a manufacturer in India, but the Blue Water Vento line with the molded silicon lids is produced in in China. And how are you ensuring that, like, all of this is still being, you know, kept to the same quality and standards that you have? Well, I mean, that's always top of mind as a mother as well as as a CEO. So we have very stringent quality control in terms of the finishing details of the products. And then when it comes to the materials, we do third-party independent testing to make sure that everything is, you know, 110% food safe and meets all of the U.S., EU, and Canadian standards and doesn't have any hard metals, doesn't have anything that they shouldn't. In terms of the silicon, it is when produced um, as a high-quality food-safe silicon, 100% safe, but sometimes where there can be problems with silicon is the introduction of the bright colors, and so our lids are silicon, and they have bright colors because we're using inspiration from the ocean in our designs as well as in our colors. So it's really important that we, and I think it's important for the consumer to know that um, they should also ask for testing of products that are made from silicon because there are a number of different varieties of silicon, and some of them can even be silicon mixed with plastic. Like in kitchenware, for example, there are some lower grades of silicon that actually aren't pure silicon. So one way that a consumer can test kind of at home in her kitchen, you know, whether or not it's pure high-quality silicon is to bend the silicon. And if you see, like, white cracking at the edge of where you're bending it and the color not going all the way through, it's likely that it's plastic on the inside coated with silicon or some kind of a mixed material. On our website, we have a whole article about the kind of silicon that we use and other tests that consumers can do to make sure that they are selecting high-quality food-grade silicon. Sandra, I know that it sounds like you definitely came through this journey like once you became a mother, but to begin with, why does like the environmental issues resonate with you? Like, Why is it important for you? I'm a, a nature lover. Nature has always been a very special place for me. I grew up climbing the the huge black oaks here in California. I hiked the John Muir Trail as a young person. I'm a boater. I'm a kayaker. I'm a sailor. I'm an adventurer. I've traveled all over, and I want to protect for future generations our planet the best I can. And this is the way that I have decided to contribute positively to our world by inspiring people to reduce their dependence on plastics through our social media and our blogs and empowering them with our products to take change into their own hands. First at lunchtime and then on our blog, we also inspire people in many other ways their dependence on plastics through cosmetics that they use, through other habit changes that they can make. You know, we all can make a difference in this world. We can't do everything, but we can do something. And this is the something that I have chosen to make my life's work. Yeah, I read the recent article about, like, switching out and making your laundry routine more green, which is pretty awesome. 
Oh, thanks for mentioning that. Yeah, that's our most recent blog. We published that today. And sometimes it takes a little thinking out of the box, like, hmm, how do I get away from my regular laundry routine? Like, I've always been buying laundry in these plastic bottles and buying a liquid detergent. I mean, count me in that group. And then you start to realize, like, wait a minute, I've cleaned up plastic in my kitchen, and then you look in your laundry room, and I'm still using all this plastic. And so it took some research to try to crack the non-plastic formula. I don't even know how to say it. For approaching laundry, yeah, and buying powder detergents and cardboard boxes and using wool dryer balls to reduce static and wrinkling and to use stained sticks that are wrapped in a bit of paper instead of in a plastic tube, how to change how you dry things, drying them on the line instead of always in the dryer. And it just takes a creative approach to thinking about how we live our lives to reduce our dependence on plastics. And then often it involves retooling our systems, you know, just like our lunch boxes are tools for change in the kitchen, just like a carpenter has a hammer or a plumber uses a wrench, a plastic-free activist uses a plastic-free lunchbox and gives plastic the boot in her laundry room. <laughs> you know, it's just small things we can do that really do add up to making a difference. And we can just expand out as our awareness increases and add more and more plastic-free habits to our lives in kind of a layered way. It's so funny because it sounds like it's been quite a journey for you. Do you have, like, um, a particularly challenging moment that you'd be open to sharing? Oh, that's a great question. I sometimes give a little PowerPoint presentation, and one of the slides at the end shows this person pushing this, like, rolling back down. And sometimes I have felt that way as an eco-entrepreneur. One example that comes to top of mind is that we have sold a line of artisan handmade lunch bags that are hand block printed in the deserts of India up in the Gujarat area. And many times, even though our partners in India were doing absolutely the best that they could, the bags have arrived wet. But the humidity in that area can be at 100%. And so we would receive shipments of literally hundreds of bags that unless we took them out and laid them out on blankets in the sun, you know, in big concrete open areas and dried them all the way through, they would mildew and be completely unsellable. And yet the people who were shipping them to me had no idea that they were wet because their whole environment is so moist. That's just kind of one example, but there have been... So many challenges along the way. I could have a whole interview just on that. (laughs) Well, tell me what's been the most, like, rewarding part for all of this for you. You know, you've you've been doing this for a while. Like, what part of it is your favorite? When I was growing up, I was told that I had ink in my blood. There are a lot of writers in my family, and as I had mentioned, that was my first career, writing. First, I was a poet when I was in college, and then for 15 years, I was an investigative journalist. So one of the most sharing about plastic-free living and bringing people's stories onto the pages of our blog and inspiring people and lifting their hearts, not 
scaring them, depressing them, making them feel like our world is going to hell in a handbasket. The opposite, in fact, that we really can make a difference. It's possible. It's within reach. I really enjoy the marketing. It's marketing work, right? But it's journalistic as well. That's a super fun part. And then the product design, coming up with the ocean-inspired, embossed designs for our Blue Water Bento line is so much fun. And we show on our website pictures of like sea urchins and how we morph them into abstract designs for our lids. And the patterns that the waves make on the beaches, kind of the curvy lines that are sort of in parallel and how we have taken that into a design and lid and a sand dollar design and tide pool design and how to bring the joy that I feel when I'm out in nature into our products and to share that through our products with our community. You know, we've sold hundreds of thousands of lunch boxes over the years. These blue water bento babies are out there being pressed into use every single day and I hope that they really brighten people's lunch times and beyond and that the colors and the patterns connect them to our natural world. I love that you mentioned this about like the, the impact of what you're doing. And I remember you guys did kind of like a like a mini impact study on like how just changing out like one habit like using an eco-friendly or reusable lunchbox can actually make a huge impact over the course of a year or for a whole family. Can you speak a little bit more to that? Oh, yeah. Thanks for reminding me about our Zero Waste Lunch study. So we did a, a really fun study looking at the impact that one family can have if they change over to using reusable lunchboxes, like eco lunchbox. Um, a lot of people say like, oh, it's just too expensive. I would love to go plastic free, but I just can't afford to do it. And so pressing into action my investigative journalism background, we put together like a massive spreadsheet looking at if people were to buy Apple Plus in full, for example, instead of in the little plastic tubs with the peel back foil lids, and they were to put this bulk applesauce into a reusable container instead of, you know, buying the disposable one. And the same thing, you know, with their chips and with their drinks, instead of buying a juice box, to use a water bottle. And scale that out for two kids and one adult packing 180 lunches a year. That's how many days there are typically in a school year. So I'm not accounting for, like, the soccer games or the weekend activities or the summer. You know, we're trying to, like, estimate conservatively, not exaggerate, um, how much would an average American family save? And we came up with a number of $450 a year. So if you look at that $450 a year another way, basically people are throwing away in the trash, you know, all of these prepackaged wrappers and tubs and boxes and, whew, you know, all that stuff that's just everywhere around us, basically they're paying $450 a year to throw stuff in the trash. And if they had purchased those similar items in bulk and put them in reusable containers, that would be $450 in their pocket. And that is more than enough to pay for a $50 set of eco lunchbox supplies. Like they're coming out way ahead. So when people are like, I'm not very environmental and 
you know, I'd like to go classically, but you know, not everyone can afford it. That's when I was at this study. <laughs> yeah, well, that's amazing that you've, like, quantified that in a way that you can actually, like, show people that you can do it for the environmental reasons, but if you do it for the cost savings year over year, that's a really big return because it's not like you're going to buy those dental once and then only use it for a year and then throw it out. Like, it will last for a while. I know. That's one of the huge, like, flaws in my business model is that we have definitely not not built in obsolescence. You know, like, our products do not wear out. People don't need to come back every year and buy new ones, you know. So in terms of, like, cash flow, you know, that can be a little bit difficult. Sometimes we're just doing too good of a job over here. But that's one reason why we keep introducing new sizes, like we've introduced this year a jumbo seal cup that holds six cups of food, and it's awesome for takeout and salads. And we also have a mini cup, which holds three ounces for dips and sauces. And so those two containers are relatively new. And um, my hope is that people will realize that, you know, one size doesn't fit all when it comes to their lunchboxes. <laughs> and that even though they may have their lunchbox that they bought from us, like, literally 10 years ago, because that's when I started the company, they still do have a need for other sizes and configurations. And I would say to that that there's an opportunity here for people to use this type of item if they find use for it in their own lives to gift it onto other people. And that's a really great way for you guys to still continue to generate business because until everyone adopts these types of habits, like your work is not done. Definitely not. It's a fun way to share one's values to give a beautiful and useful gift like eco lunchboxes or this Christmas, since pretty much everyone in my friends and family that already have eco lunchboxes, they probably don't want to get those like every single birthday for the next 10 years. <laughs> this holiday season, I morphed into the kitchen. And so like plastic-free sponges, you know, all sorts of plastic-free like kitchen cleaning doodads is what I gifted. And it was so fun. I was like, yeah, and this came from this company and you know, this is how it's different from, you know, what's conventionally used. And people love getting gifts that have a story behind them and that they can actually use. We all need less stuff. all need the condo movement and the magic art of tidying up. People don't want more doodads. They love to get items that they can press into action. And if there's a story or a movement attached to the items that they're receiving, it makes it all the more fun for the giver and the receiver. So I think that's an awesome idea to give eco lunchboxes and other eco-friendly tools as gifts. Awesome. Well, Sandra, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Any other tips or tidbits about what to do for making their lives a little more eco-friendly? Make it fun, Barbara. (laughs) You know, it's like... Life can get a little stressful, but going plastic-free does not have to be stressful. It does not have to be expensive. It can really add to the joy of everyday living. So smile and have fun. Uh, I hope everyone enjoys maybe taking a nibble of a plastic-free lifestyle if they haven't already and try it. They might like it. Thanks so much again, Sandra. Thank you for having me. It's been such a pleasure to share my story. I so enjoyed my conversation with Sandra and hope that you feel more inspired to pack up your lunches and reduce the amount of single-use plastic in your life. You'll love how great you feel when you make the switch. 
If you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to rate, review, or subscribe this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're tuning in from. We read every comment and love hearing your feedback. Thanks for listening. Tune in again next time for more Trash Talking with Eco Warriors and stay green. Thanks for talking dirty with us. Tune in next week for more Trash Talking with Eco Warriors. For more inspiration, follow us on Instagram at Trashy Beauty Co.